What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. Hey, this is Rachel Oaks from the Story Song Podcast, and you're listening to Playlist Wars. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Playlist Wars. I'm part of the dynamic duo. My name is Gomez, and my partner in crime is Brian Colburn. And we have a third repeater. One in one record at Playlist Wars from the film's Exiles, we have our own Chris Hartman. Welcome, guys. What's up? What's up? What up? Dude, so happy to be back. So happy to be back. That's my record. What is your records then? If I'm one on one, what about you guys? Against each other with yeah. with you two in the 80s? Brian, why don't you release yours first? Oh, well, go back and listen to our results <laughs> episode, dude. That's where we spill it out. But right now, it is very damn close to a three-way tie between guests, Gomez, and I throughout all the shows. However, I'm 0 for 2 against when it's you two. So I'm, oh. bringing, my, I'm bringing an A-game oh. tonight because I need redemption. I need a little redemption against you guys. You said three-way. Sorry, <laughs> hey, We're at 90s, right? We got to yeah. go back. Well, when you said, th- Gomez, when you said three-peat before, it sounded like something happens after you eat White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It does. You know what? I can go for a grave case. No pickles, please. Oh, my. Ooh. God bless yeah, God, you. The only healthy thing on there, you like, <laughs> forget the pickles. <laughs> so, and that note, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> yeah. As we already flew off topic with White Castles. No, White oh. Castles were around in the 90s. And look, people know what this episode is because if they heard our 80s soundtracks episode, we teased it at the end of this. So we're fulfilling... The sequel here. This is like the Empire Strikes Back of our soundtrack episode, right? This is like our John Wick 2. You know, plus with me on here, I feel like we just go off on tangents every time. I'm just a bad influence. I'm sorry. Yes, you are. But (laughs) it's always been a great time so far. You know, you too was another great episode. And uh, I hate that episode. I hate you both. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Because somebody picked a Christmas. Anyway. Chris, we should bring you back for our Christmas songs yes. episode. I yes. think it's poetic. We have yes. to do that. Yeah, so that's already that's already etched in the books already. Christmas episode with Chris Hartman again. Yeah, we Song have one to. is baby. Sorry, Go ahead. We, we have to. We just we have to we have to do a full circle moment. So we have to have you back for our untraditional Christmas songs episode this December on Playlist Wars. I'm in. Awesome. I'm in. Now that so. we've done some show booking, let's get to <laughs> the topic at hand. Yes. The show tonight, if you've listened to our fantastic playlisters out there, you know our format's pretty simple. Tonight, our topic is 90s soundtrack songs. And we've each individually created a playlist with our top 10 favorites, none of which have been shared between the three of us prior to now. Throughout the episode, we'll reveal each track, one through 10, one by one, and craft what we each feel is the perfect 90s soundtrack playlist. 
After the episode, we turn it over to you, the amazing playlisters, to vote at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com and decide once and for all which one of the three of us got it right. Also at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com, you can also listen to each of our playlists just in case you want to quote-unquote hear where we're coming from with our choices. Now, before we roll into pick one, we were talking about something offline before we start, and I think it's important that we bring it up now. Yeah, Chris actually said it before. In the 80s, I felt like songs were created or written or crafted for the soundtrack at yes. hand. Yes. So The Goonies, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, these were songs written for the soundtrack. The 90s, there are some instances of that, but a lot of times it was just songs that would either soon to be appearing or have already appeared on a band's album, but caught a new life from the soundtrack itself. You're 100% right. And I'm going to be honest with you guys up front. I did cheat, quote unquote, a little bit because I had to. I was like, you know what? This song is clearly on an album somewhere. It got popular because of the soundtrack. It wasn't released originally for the soundtrack. You know what I mean? It came from an album ahead of time, but it matches the movie. It was perfect for that, you know, that soundtrack. It was perfect for the mood that I wanted for my playlist. So I, I'm fully admitting I had to cheat because I, I felt this did. was more difficult than the 80s. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely more difficult. Definitely. And considering I've only seen 10 movies that came out in the 90s, um, <laughs> I don't have much to choose from. <laughs> But you know what? I, I am – and you guys I think will will understand. Like we were born – like I was born in 80. So I was a kid in the 1980s, but I came into my own. I started to become who I was in the 90s. 90s when I was a teenager, when I went to high school, when I went to college, graduated in the 2000s. But the point is is that I met who was going to be my wife in the late 90s. So it's like it's very – like I became who I was because of the 1990s. So these songs actually mean more to me and these movies mean a little more to me than the 80s ones do as much as I enjoyed the 80 soundtracks. I have to agree. That's a, that's a great way to put it. I'll be completely honest. There are some songs in my list that I've never seen the movie, but I own the soundtrack. Ah, ah that should be interesting. Ah. I like so it. I, I cannot base it off of any movie memory. It's purely because I love the soundtrack, but let's kick things off, Chris. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where you're going to lead us off here with track one. <laughs> I don't think my track one should be a huge surprise. I, I, I really don't. If you guys know me, you know the band I love. You know where my roots are. My track one is U2, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me from 1995's Batman Forever. You, <laughs> you know from my previous guest spots, U2 is my favorite band. I am a massive comic book nerd. I love comic book movies, and I don't care what anybody says. 15-year-old me, this soundtrack is fantastic. It's U2, PJ Harvey, Offspring, Seal, Brandy, Mazzy Star. It goes on and on. It was loaded. I think even Method Man. You might be right. I think he and, and you know what? I think he did the Riddler song. That's right. He did do the Riddler. You're right. You're yes. absolutely right. And the movie's not great, but it's a very 90s high school flick, and it's got a young, almost naked Nicole Kidman. So, you know, I'm just saying it's okay, it's gonna go every, high up every, every boy's dream. <laughs> but Back to the song. I mean, this song is about as close as U2 is going to get to hard rock. The opening guitar riff kicks serious butt. It gets you moving and your head moving immediately. Lyrics are making fun of being a rock star. It's very self-aware. It's electronic. It's 12-string acoustic. It's got a driving rhythm. Bono's incredible vocals. Look, my favorite band, writing a rockin' song for a comic book movie. This is how I'm launching my 1990 soundtrack playlist right here. <laughs> 
spoiler alert if you've ever heard our youtube episode <laughs> and what's kind of funny is i'm the one who picked that song in our youtube episode too i think you did too chris i think I we did both too. did yep yeah, i, had, I can't remember what it was but i did have it yep so go back to hear a lot more about you two on the U2 episode of Playlist Wars. Gomez? So, well, I didn't make my track list this time. Really? U2 did oh. not make mine. But I did choose something from the Batman Forever 1995 movie. Oh. As Chris did go with U2, I decided to go a little different. Track five for me is Kiss from a Bros by Seal. Catchy. It catchy. is catchy. And it was in that movie uh, Vacation. As uh, they were trying to reboot uh, the National Lampoon's movie, as the whole family in the car is trying to sing that song all together in that weird, I don't know what kind of van that was. I can't, um, man. I can't. <laughs> it was just one of those catchy tunes that uh, it was a good song. I always liked it. And, you know, of course, it came from probably not the greatest Batman movie, but it came through actually the best Batman soundtrack throughout that time. Easily. So, Easily. you know, just like I just said, who still knows every single word, seal, kiss from a rose, just about everybody, laugh out loud. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to ruin the Batman love, but we're not getting a trifecta here. Come on, man. Ah, hated the movie, hated the soundtrack. <laughs> Don't you do- it's not a great Batman movie. How dare you hate the soundtrack? I like the Offspring song. I like oh. the Offspring song. And I Smash really enjoy Seal. I like crazy i think it's one of my favorite 90s jams but actually mr kiss from a rose never really resonated with me no memories attached to this album in any way shape or form okay good answer so gomez (laughs) because i don't have anything to fit on that album we're back to you for track one so track one as chris said this was a very very hard subject and i do love my 90s movies so Ryan, you brought this song up, I think, in either a hip-hop one, or I can't remember where. But I went with a good classic movie from 1991. And it had a starring of Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, John Candy. We're talking nothing but trouble. Digital (laughs) Underground, same song. That movie is such a cult classic, bro. (laughs) Such a cult classic. (laughs) Uh, As we know, it is one of the, probably the, I don't know, weirdest, but funniest movies ever. Easily. Yeah, of course, you know, the, it's a movie that resides in New Jersey. Who the hell knows where Volcavania is in New Jersey? <laughs> Talk about a made-up name. It's got to be Warren County. No, <laughs> well, we know it wasn't the Bergen County area because they left that area with the smell of toxic waste and gas fumes. Uh, yeah. I live there. I can attest to that. So do I. I used to live in that area. So I picked this song just because, I. first of all, the, the scene in the movie is hilarious that they get pulled over. You see uh, the guys from the band. You see Tupac making his like movie slash music debut with uh, Digital Underground with this song. Mm-hmm. He's wearing the Yankee jersey to represent New York, and you see Dan Aykroyd come out like ah musical instruments. Let's let's hear this, and then you see Dan Aykroyd <laughs> freaking uh, you know rocking the the organ with these nails, these fingers. Oh my god! If you've not seen the movie, go see it. But this song was a great song and it was best represented for for me to start off my playlist track. I can't say anything bad about the pick because that was from my 90s hip hop playlist. So everything I had to say about the song I said back then, I absolutely loved the song. Didn't even come on my radar to pick for this because I was not a fan of that movie. I think I saw it in Rutherford in the theater. I think that was the only <laughs> time I Williams ever Center. saw it. The Williams, that's right. 
Yeah, it's, right. yeah. it's a cult classic, man. The movie is weird. Yes, I don't is. know what else to say about it, but got it, it's highly entertaining. Yeah, highly Bobo. Entertaining. <laughs> what was it, Bobo? And I forgot the last, the other guy's name, the twins. <laughs> I yeah, I don't remember. I, I, know I, I, call, actor, I, though, I, yeah. I call them the, the Goodyear Blimp Twins. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Poor Demi Moore with those two. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Chris, did it make your list? It did not. It did not make my list. All right. So we are up to my track one. Believe it or not, I actually really liked the movie that I, I, I'm picking my track one from. And it's a song that spent 16 weeks at number one on the Billboard Modern Rock charts and peaked at number 22 on the Hot 100 Airplay charts. Now, this song was originally written and recorded for an album but it didn't make it on the album and it got moved onto the soundtrack and it became one of the band's biggest hits, which is shocks me that it's not on the album that I'll talk about in a second, but I'm going with 1995's Angus and I'm going green day. J a R Jason, Andrew Relva. Nice. 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 This song was originally demoed to be on Dookie and was left off the final album. So it makes me wonder immediately. I love the album Dookie by Green Day. It's not my favorite. Insomniac is my favorite, but it's probably second or third favorite Green Day album. I think I'd like it even more if this song was on it because this is truly one of my favorite Green Day songs. One day we have to talk about the drumming, by the way, on Dookie, which is just the, the drum work on that album is out of control. Oh, it's out iconic. Of control. It's oh, iconic. It's so great. And anyway, I digress. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so <laughs> the only other piece of information I thought was interesting about this song, because... Think about this. Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 is a big, big fan of this song, and he stated that the opening guitar riff of the Blink-182 song What's My Age Again was written by him trying and failing to play the opening bass riff of J.A.R. on guitar. Wow. That's cool. When I read that two hours ago, I went, holy, yeah, wow. (laughs) Now, ladies and gentlemen, now you can tell when we make our playlist up. No, I had the song. This was always going to be the song I opened it up with. I just took my notes two hours ago. But, dude, I, that movie, Angus, was kind of funny because who the heck wears a purple suit to a dance? He did. You know, I don't know what it was about that movie, but I really thought it was a I, I don't want to use the word heartfelt. But, you know, I was a senior in high school at the time. It was speaking to our age group. Yeah, it was. Sure. I, I, I really liked that movie. It was it was fun. It was it was not one of those ones that you think back to but the soundtrack had so many great punk and it had weezer on it it had the muffs on it it was just one of those quintessential 90s soundtracks where i think people know the soundtrack more than the movie and a cool cast it's yeah. got a really good cast right isn't that george c scott's in it right kathy bates yeah james vanderbeek james vander james vanderbeek was actually the guy who picked on the guy where he's usually the guy who yeah. got picked on so <laughs> yeah. that made no sense <laughs> He was the cool guy. Which we did not expect. <laughs> he wasn't a Johnny Moxon, but you know. Hey, who is? Come on. Right. <laughs> I don't want your life. I don't want. Yeah, see, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe I didn't pick anything for Varsity Blues tonight. Spoiler alert. Spoiler oh. alert on my part either. Oh, wait, that's, is that 2000s? No, I can't remember. Anyway, go ahead. No, that is 2000s because I graduated in 99. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. I just meant, I just graduated. Oh, Jesus. 
Let's go to the next one, please. Hold on, hold on, hold on. J-A-R, did it make either of your... Pl- I guess by this moving no. on, I guess not, but... <laughs> it no, did it not. did not. Swing All right. Missed. Chris, track two. All right, track two. I picked uh, a song. It's a fake band. The band is called The Wonders, but it's actually really Adam yes! Schlesinger, the no. Jersey boy. No, uh, no, it was the Oneaters. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they founded the band Fountains of Wayne. Right. We should, yep. we should come on. We should all be very proud of that. and Jersey boys. It's do that thing you do from the 1996 movie. That thing you do. Look, guys, man, this this song is catchy, simple, fun. It's a cool movie. I actually really like this movie a lot. It focuses on this one hit wonder man. Awesome performances from Tom Everett Scott, Liv Tyler. Can't say enough about Tom Hanks in any movie he's in. And while the movie has like some dramatic beats and it does have some heavier themes it's predominantly this fun movie about struggling musicians who suddenly make it big set in the 1960s so it's a lot more simple and it mimics other 60s bands it's fun it's accessible and the song to me reflects that it's a tempo insanely hummable like insanely hummable and the vocals are great it's a nice for me transition from that u2 song that we just listened to it's going to lighten the aura and you're just having a good time. So to me, that's fantastic. I, I really like number two, do that thing you do from really Fountains of Wayne, but it's the wonders. A man in a really nice van wants to put our song on the radio. <laughs> I'm signing. You're signing. I'm We're signing all up. signing. We're all signing. <laughs> that is my track five. Nice. Nice. That thing you do is probably, and I kid you not, my favorite movie of all time. Dude, it's such a fun movie. I don't know That's what else to say. That's the word. Now, it is fun. I wouldn't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if he's wearing the Oneaters t-shirt tonight. I have an Oneaters t-shirt <laughs> that is actually crafted in the style of the Ramones logo. Nice. I, I but did it's see written that. with the O-N-E. And if people have seen the movie, they'll come up and be. they'll just throw lines of the movie at me, which I think is absolutely awesome. I understand, I, ladies and gentlemen, that he that is the one movie he does know by heart. I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. The song itself peaked at number 41 on the Billboard Hot 100 yep. and was nominated for an Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Original Song in 1997. Yes. yes. Like you said, written by Adam Schlesinger, the performer on the track, actually, Mike Viola, who produced some fallout boy and panic at the disco albums is actually the lead vocalist mm-hmm. Schlesinger oh, wow. sings backups on the song. Yep. Yep. Um, he, he wrote it though. Right. Didn't Schlesinger yes, write the song? He yeah. did. He did yeah. rest in peace. Such an amazing yeah. songwriter. Yeah. And fountains of Wayne is just a very underrated band. I mean, we here in Jersey love them. I don't know if they ever really got the attention that they deserved across the country, but just an underrated group, highly underrated right. group. Now I'm going to tell you just how much I love this song. I was driving back to North Carolina to go back to college in 1990. Uh, I want to say it was in 96. Obviously, that's when the movie came out. And Cormac was coming down with me because he went to the same school as I did. So I was driving him down. We drove halfway. We said, you know what? Because we had left late in the afternoon. Let's just grab a hotel, sack out, and we'll, hit, we'll do the rest in the morning. And we did. And we you know, grabbed dinner and we went up to the room. And it ha- they had at the time back in the 90s, you could pay eight bucks and watch a movie that was still in the theater. And we're clicking through and that thing you do is on there. And we're like, oh, what the hell? Let's watch it. It's Tom Hanks. How, you know, whatever. It might be good. I love that movie so much. And I love the song so much. The next morning before we continued the drive down to North Carolina, I had to find the nearest Walmart to go buy the soundtrack. And I still have that CD to this day. It's great. Yeah. To have a song 
be featured so much throughout a movie. It has to be catchy. It has to be a perfect song that you don't get sick of. Because that song's probably played in the movie. I got, I watched the director's cut recently. You're thinking at least a dozen times. It's easily 12 to 15 times. Easy. And I, I never get sick of it. From the first time they're in the garage playing it slow to when they're on TV at the end of the movie, I never get the sick of the movie, song. right? Like yeah. it's, they really are this one hit wonder band. I mean, that's their song. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's the struggles with the, you know, the one guy wants to play more serious and, that, and they're going on and on. But th- that's the whole point is that that is their song. That's their ticket. And it, it's so funny because the song was written, what, 96, right? The song's written in 96. It's written in the 1960s style. I don't care. It's so ridiculously catchy. It's just, oh, you know, tap your feet the whole time, man. It's great. And this is the only song tonight that I can actually drop cover versions of, believe it or not. Really? The Knack released a version of the song on their 1998 Greatest Hits collection, Proof, the very best of the Knack. Newfound Glory covered it on their 2000 EP <laughs> from the screen to your stereo. What have they not covered? I'm not, anyway. I know, I know. <laughs> and most recently, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day once again released a 2020 quarantine solo cover songs album called No Fun Mondays, and he does a version of it on there that's really good. Wow, I didn't realize there were that many covers. I'll have to check it out. Now, Gomez, do we have a trifecta with this? Oh, God, no. Unfortunately, I'm the oh, trifecta killer. What? Come Listen, on, man. I thought it was a great movie, but I got tired of the song. <gasps> really? I'm cuing it up right so now. It's so catchy, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's a great song, but I'm sorry. It did not make my list. Boo. All right, Putz. What's your track to? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm angry. I just got done just pouring my heart out. It's my favorite. Gomez is like, nope, hate it. Or no, actually, so, I didn't hate it. No, I don't hate it. I just dislike it. There's a difference. Gomez, you're like the horse in Ren and Stippy. No, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. Is it, man? Good. Okay. All right. Track two. Track two. Let's take it back to 1991. Probably one of my favorite movies. Still watch it to this day. And I'll tell you. I mean, you got Grim Reaper playing a bass on a fight all the bands with Wild Stallions. Can't go wrong with it. Bill and Ted's bogus journey with the song God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I got to say, I, I could watch this movie over and over again for some strange reason. And watching them come out as their older selves with Keanu Reeves with this weird beard, you know, mustache little thing hanging out goatee hanging out of them it actually made it look pretty pretty rock and rollish and they play this song to win the battle of the bands and one of my favorites like we've been to the past we've been to the future we've been with the undead but nothing beats being here with you guys and they just rocked it and uh learning i did not realize that it was kiss who sang this song yeah uh, I, I know it wasn't them who sang it but it's just a fun song yeah and i it, it just ended that movie perfectly so I go with track two, Kiss, God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Just a great song, great movie, great everything. Good pick, Gomez. Good pick. Thank you. It did not make mine, though, but I, I got respect. I like it. I'm going to be honest with you, Gomez. It didn't make my list because in my brain, I always associate that as an 80s movie, even though it's not. It's mm. not. Um, but I have the soundtrack that's got Slaughter has a great song on it, Shout It Out. Steve Vai does the Reaper on there. Yeah. And then you've got Megadeth's Go to Hell. It's a great soundtrack. My brain just 
associates it with the 80s. So it didn't make my list, but I love the pick. I thought you would have picked this one just because I remember you always loved in that movie too. So mm-hmm. it's tough when a movie's like 90, 91. It, it kind of like to me, it seems like it should be late 80s. It's not. I actually had trouble with one that I really wanted to pick. It was, it was August 25th, 1989, the damn movie came out. I'll discuss <laughs> ah. that later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, my track two, this is going to be the 80s episode. I dropped, I went weird in track two, and I, and I went with Nobody's Fool from Kenny Loggins. Christmas song? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, ass. <laughs> but I, I am going to go weird on this one, but not weird from a 90s perspective. I feel as a 90s song in a 90s band, I think this is a very solid choice. But it's not a hit song. It was not released as a single from the soundtrack, but it's a cover of one of my favorite bands. And I'm going with 1996's The Craft, Ooh. Letters to Ooh. Cleo, Dangerous Type, which was originally by The Cars. Nice. Okay. Nice. Her voice on a Cars tune doesn't seem like it would work, but it works so well. She brings this kind of cute sultriness to the vocals. And she has some moments where it gets heavy like the original. It's a quintessential 90s cover, but it's a song that was released in 79, so it retains elements of that, but it's done in that 90s style. The song just feels 90s, and this is when in the movie they, it was used during a montage. You know, you want a montage? It's (laughs) when all of them were just kind of getting all their powers, and it was so well played in the movie, and I'm sitting in the theater watching it, singing along, and the person I was with turned to me, and they're like, how the hell do you know the the song it's the first time we're seeing the movie and i said it's from the cars it's a car song candio and sure enough the next day i went out and bought that soundtrack and i still have it to this day because again one of the 10 movies i've seen in the 90s but yeah good soundtrack (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go on a very long thin limb here and say that neither one of you guys have this one either no well my track three is a different movie but it is letters to cleo so really all right Yeah, it's a different different movie. But The Craft, man, I don't care. I don't care if people are going to turn around, girly, whatever. I love that movie. Oh, the movie was awesome. It's a great song. Yeah. Good song. Well, then let's hear your Letters to Cleo pick for track three. (laughs) So for track three, I went Letters to Cleo, and it's a cover. Uh, I went with their cover of Cruel to be Kind from 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You. Nice. Um, (laughs) I'm glad you went with the cover because I was thinking I'm cheating. With a cover, and I think cover songs are fair game. So, oh, so do I. There's no rules in this. Fair game, <laughs> rules. Man. We don't make rules. Rules. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. I love this cast. I love the soundtrack. This movie has fantastic moments, and I think the whole soundtrack, just all the songs as a whole, reflect that. And I think a good soundtrack for me should match the theme of the movie, what's happening in the movie, the way the movie makes you feel. And that's why this works. And when I listen to the songs, I think of these moments between a young Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger, a way too young Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Larissa Olnick. And it's another one of those, this song is one of those catchy, fun 1970s British songs. I think it was written by Nick Lowe, I think, that receives a shot of 90s up-tempo energy, distorted guitars, grunge. It's an already good song that Letters to Cleo place their own spin on it. And that's what makes a good cover. That, to me, is what makes a good cover. If you can take the magic of the original song and put your own spin on it, and now you actually have something that sounds almost original to you, that's a good cover. And to me, it deserves – I'll end it on – 
why it, for me, why it deserves a spot on my playlist is because it reminds me of the 90s and getting into my first year of college, feeling like I was starting to get a little of my independence, memories of first meeting my wife for the first time, hanging out with the guys that would be in my wedding party one day, being a bartender and a server, all those fun things that started in, you know, like in the 2000s, like that, those things that I did in the 2000s started in the very late 90s when I got out of high school. And that's 10 Things I Hate About You is like one of those quintessentials, just that iconic 90s, late 90s movie, that kind of like rom-com, everything that wrapped up into it. The soundtrack reflects that. One of my favorite songs in that soundtrack. It's a great cover, um, just a good song in its own right. So number three, Letters to Cleo, the cover of Cruel to Be Kind. Excellent choice. Yeah, I I love the pick, man, obviously, because I went with a different Letters to Cleo song. (laughs) My question for you is, can you name a Letters to Cleo song that was a hit that wasn't a cover song? Personally, no, I can't. No, I'll be I honest. Can't yeah, I can't either. I'm kind of ashamed of that, but considering I love your pick, I kind of want to go back and now listen to their original stuff because I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've done them a disservice. A, a major disservice, Brian. I'm surprised at you. Yeah. So we do call we have ourselves a... musicians? Yeah, exactly. I'm not, so I can call myself whatever. <laughs> Just not late for dinner. So, so Gomez, do we have a letters to Cleo trio here? No, we do not. Sorry. Oh. The killer is back. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Track three, then. What do you got for us? So track three, I went to 1995 on this awesome movie that I truly, truly love. And it was a hard choice between two songs. But I went with the one that made this, I think, pop in the movie scene. We're going to go back to 95 with Empire Records. Mm. Yes. Give it to me. Give it to me. Okay, so I'm going to say both songs, but the song I did go with was the scene where Joe is in his room, closes the door, and plays ACDC's If You Want Blood, You Got It. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I love this scene because you see him just go crazy in the drums, and they put the uh, in the microphone the song, and everyone's going nuts in the the record store, which is like quintessential old record store. Not Sam Goody, but like any other record store you could probably go to. And it was a toss-up, though, but I, I would have to give a hard, high, high honorable mentions with the song Sugar High by Coyote Shivers. I'll tell you, it was hard to choose these two songs because mm-hmm. I actually thought this song was great, too, but it'd be, it would have to go on my number 11. But kind of seeing Renee Zellweger singing on the, on the rooftop of uh, Empire Records was pretty cool, you know what I mean? And she actually sang the song with her own voice, surprisingly, mm-hmm. in that scene. Mm-hmm. But of course, that did not make it into the soundtrack, unfortunately. Gomez, you want a fun fact? Yeah. Because I've owned that soundtrack, again, probably since the day after I saw the movie the first time. Mm-hmm. Considering how prominent If You Want Blood is for the movie itself, I was shocked and still am kind of shocked that the song is not actually on the soundtrack CD, even though it plays such a big part of that scene in the movie. Yeah, I know. I don't know why they didn't include it because it's such a memorable scene from that movie. It's probably one of my favorite scenes from the movie. That's that but, was a problem. It stuck out on me. Yeah, you know, like, and the reason I'm saying all this is I would have picked that as my favorite song, and I would have put that on my playlist. I didn't know if we were going to go that it could just be in the movie itself. So what I did, my track six is Coyote Shivers Sugar High. Okay. See, I had a toss up and I didn't know. So I just, I went balls out and did it. Oh, good for you, man. I dig it because like we just said, we don't have rules here. (laughs) (laughs) And I was flip-flopping with Edwin Collins, A Girl Like You, because I love both songs. Right. But I went with Sugar High 
And the like you had said, the version in the movie is actually different than the one on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The singer in the movie is actually Francis Coyote Shivers, who's the artist who released the song. Right. Uh, but that version from the movie was actually only intended as a rough mix. So the soundtrack is actually a different version of the song. But such an iconic scene. I love that movie so, so much. Yes. It, it was actually... You know, it was a comedy, but it also had some pretty damn serious stuff going on. In oh, it, it had so, its moments. Yeah. You know, it's it funny. Was. I was going to bring in Rex Manning morning more, but I chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> I would have lost listeners probably. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I can't fault any. So you could even go with the Jim Blossoms till I hear from you. Like, there's no bad songs on that no, soundtrack. No, definitely not. Well, I, oh, I, I got to say, you, you got, this counts as a trifecta, I think. It counts as a trifecta because my number seven is... Till I hear it from you. Nice. Uh, okay. So, so go ahead, continue your thought before I go, though. You know, if you're in the 90s, growing up a little bit in your teenage years, this is how you wish a record store was. And now, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But now here's the thing. Now you're looking at the things of what's disappearing these days. Yeah, kids will never know, man. No, they will not. Listen, won't. I don't have a collection of vinyls like probably you guys do. I do, yeah. I do. Um, I, I do have all my CDs from growing up and my tapes. And the one thing is that I don't see kids going to see a Sam Goody anymore or a no. Tower Records. And, you know, we, we just lost another big one in Jersey. Uh, Brian, help me out with the uh, record company. Uh, the Vintage record store. Vinyl. Vintage yeah. Vinyl. But they, just but they retired, though. They, 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 they didn't they go retired, out of business. But still, they retired. They, they retired, they but still, you lost another great thing to go to a record store to show your kids what it was back in the day. I actually bring my girls to record stores a little more often than probably the average person. Cause I want them to experience that. Mm-hmm. So I always let them either pick out a CD that they want or a DVD or something to get them into that. The feeling of buying physical, tangible media. Cause obviously we've talked about my CD collection. It's something I I'm very passionate about and something I'm very proud of and being able to share that joy of going to record stores with them. I will do it until there are no more record stores to go to. So I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what, but this is why I want to pay homage to Empire Records also. But with the three songs that we picked from the same movie, again, incredible songs. And I'm going to go right to Chris so he could tell your track seven on that. Sorry. No, you're, I think everything you said is, is perfect. And I'm glad you said it because you're right. Kids now, my nieces and nephews and everything, they're never going to understand the pleasure that we had going to a Sam Goody or whatever, picking out a single browsing through the CDs, listening, you know, you get the big headphones, you put them on and you listen to it. You're testing the songs out and they're not going to understand. And, and the, the, the gear heads, the music heads, everybody that hung out at those stores, some of the friends I made just chatting it up and learning mm-hmm. about music. No, they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand it. It's, it's, a, it's something that's dying out. It's sad. It will be replaced. I understand humanity goes on, but it's a change that I don't like personally as a musician. I don't like it. I'll just, I'll go back to the track. Yes. My number seven is Jim Blossoms till I hear from you from 1995's Empire Records? I'm going to say it. I love Jim Blossoms, man. I oh, they're love great. Them. Absolutely, they're a great band. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh my god, I love so many songs from this freaking band. I mean, these their songs were playing in the background of some of my personal favorite moments from both high school and college. Mm-hmm. They were like people forget how popular they were. They were all over the place. And mm-hmm. Empire Records is this highly underrated movie that you guys already talked about. It's a great cast, a lot of fun. It became a cult classic recently I've been talking about and I've you know with the film exiles and everything I'm so happy it's become this this cult classic and the song is this breezy boy meets girl or girl needs boy it's teenage stuff perfectly fits into the movie yep. perfect and like other great songs of the era I can now remember 
so many moments that were happening to me as soon as that opening riff starts. Mm-hmm. As soon as it. It's infectious. I bop my head. And I'm going to be honest. There's a middle part of my playlist that's very heavy. There's like sadder songs, more serious songs. This track seven was needed to kind of boost my playlist up and get me back to a fun place after the middle of it. And one of my favorite 90s bands in a 90s movie I really liked, man, bringing back a lot of those memories from you know record stores that you guys were talking about. Jim Blossoms, it was just perfect for me where it was. And yeah, man, that, that movie's underrated. If anybody out there hasn't watched it, get your butts, go, go watch it. Go watch Amen. it. I just wanted to now grab the DVD and start watching it while we're, while we're doing this recording. <laughs> no, no, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> and then just to chime in on the Jim Blossoms, I couldn't agree more. They, they, they're like a quintessential 90s pop band yes, to the point where I, we've been covering Hey Jealousy for, I want to say, eight years now. Dude, we play and it every it, gig. Yeah, it's every one gig. of those songs where you would think you'd get sick of it because you yep. play it every gig. But every time we play it, it puts a smile on my face. I just love playing the song. I don't and know why. And there's 25 year olds in the club, like bopping their heads to it. I'm like, you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Just, everybody loves it. All right. So my track three, this is, I'm going heavy on this one. This is one of the heaviest songs that I picked. And by, it's probably, no, it's, it's one of two heavy songs on my playlist. This was from a soundtrack that peaked at number 17 on the Billboard 200, and this was one of the four singles that were released from it. I will also share that this is a movie I've never seen, but Whoa. it's the title track to 1993's Judgment Night, Onyx mm. and Biohazard. Every song on that soundtrack was a collaboration between hip-hop and rock artists, and as soon as I heard this song, I want to say it was on 89.5 WSOU, I ran out and bought the soundtrack, still have never seen the movie, but it's one of my favorite soundtracks of the 90s. Onyx was, they brought heft and anger to hip hop. And when Biohazard collaborated with them on a remix of Slam, and then they did Judgment Night together, those bands couldn't gel more perfectly together because Onyx kind of screamed as they were rapping and it worked so well against Biohazard's kind of that heavy, hardcore backdrop. So I absolutely love the song and then maybe one day I'll check out the movie to see how it was used in it. But you know, <laughs> surprisingly, I'm going to say that Brian, I tell you, uh, judgment night was a great movie. I liked it. It actually had an all-star cast in this movie. You're talking Emilio Estevez, QB Gooding Jr., Jeremy Piven, Stefan Dorf, Peter Green, Everlast was in that movie too. Really? Okay. Yes, he was Dennis Leary. You're talking about a true all-star cast. It didn't get great ratings, but I thought it was a great action movie. I still Uh, liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a great movie. But, of course, you know, you have critics who sit on their butts and say it's a bad movie. They don't – a good movie wouldn't smack them in their face, and they they don't know what it is. But great pick. I love the song, too, Brian, but it did not make my list. Bummer. Bummer. I was hoping hoping that one I would at least get a crossover of. I I will say this. I'll get a hard honorable mentions from me. It did not make my list either, but I, I'm with you. And I, exactly what Gomez said. It, look, it's the same production team behind Predator and Die Hard. It's it's a good crime drama. It's it, a lot of action. It's I think it's a good movie. Um, and even though it didn't make my list, Biohazard for me always gets an honorable mention. Always. They're they're nuts. So you know, props to you, man. Seriously. Oh, but yeah, yeah, they're they're fantastic. All right, Chris, we're back to you. Track four. So track four, I'm going to give you guys a warning. My next three songs are a little <laughs> little slower, oh boy. a little heavier, not necessarily heavy like in terms of musically heavy. I think the themes are a little heavier okay. uh, for the next song. So the, the middle of my playlist um, gets down a little bit. 
Let's get the tissues out. <laughs> and that's why I end my playlist a little higher. So number four, make fun of me all you want, no, is Lisa Loeb's Stay. I miss you. Um, okay. In 1994, and it was featured and from uh, the Reality Bites soundtrack. Look, I love this song. And I think Reality Bites, we're, I'm not really Gen X. I'm a cusper, I guess is what they call me, between Gen Y and Gen X. But I think the song reflects the heavier themes that Reality Bites had. And it, for me, Reality Bites is a much more serious version of the show Friends. That's really what it is. It focuses on Gen X's struggles. It's the, the first of our modern generation that really had to question their choices, their career, their morality, their dreams, the courage to admit to their parents if they were gay, right? Things like that. The AIDS epidemic popped up, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's very heavy themes in Reality Bites. And Stay was able to blend this folky pop influence with some of the heavy themes. The lyrics for me are really simple, but beautiful. She's singing the song in the first person. So it's that angst that Gen X feels. I feel, I heard, I want. Everything in the song is visceral and powerful. And it's wrapped up in this very simple D minor progression. And it's not a shame. Like I'm personally not ashamed to admit that I've been moved emotionally a bunch of times when I've listened to this song. And when I had to re-listen to it, when I was putting together this list, it gave me the feels all over again. Her vocals are just perfect in this song. It's so angst, it's visceral, which also means it's very 90s. So to me, it's it deserves a spot on my 90s soundtrack playlist. And it's, it's my number four. I really love Lisa Loeb's Stay. I missed you. I love the soundtrack. Here's another example of a, a soundtrack that I own for a movie I've never seen. It actually reintroduced me to my Sharona. And if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> 90s rock radio started playing my Sharona, if, if you guys remember, yeah. Yeah. during that movie's run. And I knew the song Stay. So when I saw the CD, I grabbed it because I, I was like, oh, I don't own my Sharona on CD. So that's a good way to get that song. I, I, I love the soundtrack. Again, maybe I should take a stab and watch the movie because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it did not make my list, though, but I love the song. It's, um, like I said, it's angsty. That's that's really what it is, and and it's it's really you know oh poor Gen X and uh, you know I I I really my dreams are this but I have to compromise and do this we all have to do that right it's all about growing up but you'll recognize all the themes that are in it especially now that you're older you know you'll recognize because we all had those come to Jesus moments when we were in our twenties and we yeah. had to realize that we had to become a part of society <laughs> you know mm -hmm. at some point yeah. so we had we all had those moments I, I like the movie I think it's great uh, but I it, it's a cliche the song's fantastic. It was. A, it's a great movie. I say it's a great cast. You know, you got Winona oh, yeah. Ryder, Ethan yeah. Hawke, Ben Stiller, Janine uh, Garofalo, Steve mm -hmm. Zahn, uh, Andy Dick's in this movie. <laughs> so you know, you have an all-star cast. But did you even know that Ethan Hawke's music even made the soundtrack? Yes. I well, I when I was researching, I found out. Yes. Yeah, he had yeah. two songs. He actually in the original soundtrack, he had one song in there, and then I think the tenth anniversary bonus edition, mm -hmm. he had another one. Which I didn't even know the guy can sing, but surprisingly he could. But a uh, great movie, great pick. Uh, but it did not make my list either. He did a cover of a Violent Femmes song, I believe. I think that's what he did in the tenth anniversary. I think it was added up. Yeah, yeah. added up. That's it. Yep. That's the one. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, Gomez, we're back to you for your track four now. So track four, I'm gonna have to go a little slow too on this one. Um, I gotta say, 1998 was a great year of movies. But one movie that sticks out when you get one giant big ass asteroid coming at you and you got to send, but send somebody to save the world. And what's a great song to do that with? Going with Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. My man. 
Uh, first of all, great song. One of my favorite movies in 98. Uh, you got Bruce Willis in there. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Ben Affleck and his acting, but he did a decent job in this movie. He's trying to marry uh, Bruce Willis's daughter, which was Liv Tyler on this movie. And she's all here- over our playlist, by the way. Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> she's all over it. Um, you know, the way that they did it, it was, you know, probably Aerosmith, one of their best power ballads. And uh, it was an emotional, I guess, pre-takeoff sequence for this movie with during the sunset, of course, all this stuff. And at the end, they sing the song. And, uh, you know, it's just a great song. Uh, actually, I remember it was a, actually, I think even my prom theme was uh, in 99. You know, for uh, my my graduating year of my prom, so great song, great movie, uh, just a great pick for me. So that is my track for Aerosmith. Nice. Yet another uh, '90s movie that I've never seen. <laughs> really, <laughs> dude, uh, this seriously. is like a must. You kind of have to. No, never saw to. it. Never saw it. I did have the CD single of this though, and I I like the song, but I also hate the song. It's like the Oneaters for me. All right, all right, I totally can get that. Now, while it's on the top of my head. One cover version of this song is Mark Chestnut, who's a country singer, did a country version of it in the early 2000s because the song was written by Diane Warren. And therein lies the reason why I kind of hate the song. This is what kind of made Aerosmith stop writing their own music and start bringing in outside writers. So it changed the band's trajectory into the 2000s with Just Push Play and Music from Another Dimension, probably two of the band's worst albums ever, and they all stemmed from this becoming such a huge hit. So from an Aerosmith fan point, I'm not a fan of the song. If that makes sense, I don't not like the song, but because it made them superstars again for like the third time, they kind of went into this bringing in outside writers stick for the rest of the, the 20 years. And I'm kind of peeved by it, I guess would be the word. I, I get your point though, but also you got to admit three decades of Aerosmith and all the party and drinking and drugging they all did. I don't think the brain was working very well. So yeah, yeah you know, they, but I think they still got it in them to, to write another kick-ass album. I hope they do. So Chris did Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. Make your list. Am I, am I the trifecta killer on this one? It did not make my list. It's okay, good. A, I don't feel so bad then. It's definitely a honorable mention for me because I I see where you're coming from, Brian. I do. I do see you, especially as a musician. I see where you're coming from and and the type of band that that Aerosmith was. But I also feel where Gomez is coming from. And, and oh, Armageddon, totally. Yeah. No, I totally get that part of the song, and I understand why people like it. I guess mine is coming from, I guess, that snobbish musician standpoint, not from the, the use in the movie because I've never even seen the damn thing. I get it. And, and you know what? Armageddon is typical Michael Bay trash, um, but I, I still love most Michael Bay movies. I know what trash they are, and I don't care. <laughs> you know, I really don't care because you know what you're going to get. Transformers. You, yeah, but you're right. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get beautiful women. You're going to get Americana. You're you're going to get big explosions. Things are going to go boom, boom, bang, bang. You know, that's what you're going to get. They're going to make zero sense. And it's going to be fun from beginning to end. That's Michael Bay. So that's pretty much Armageddon. So, and this, this song just totally fits with that movie. I, I like the song. So it's an honorable mention for me, but no, it did not make my, my list, but I get where you're coming from. All right. Well, my track four is from a movie I've seen. Dun, dun, dun. Really? I almost feel (laughs) I almost feel embarrassed to say it because when I talk about, I, I basically only, I watch two types of movies. I watch comedies and comic book. 
Okay. I, I'm not a big fan of drama. I'm not a big fan of crime. I'm not a big fan of horror. If you can make me laugh, because people don't make me laugh every day. If you can make me laugh one good time in a movie, I'm always going to be a fan of that movie. This is one of those movies that I laugh a lot more than once, but the movie was a total bomb. But it also has one of my favorite ska punk bands on it. And I'm going with 1998's Basketball. Oh, my God. Come on. That's, that's a great movie. I love that movie. Fantastic. Real Big Fish and Beer. Yes. <laughs> the song they performed during the movie as the theme song for the Milwaukee Beers. I could have also went with their cover of AHA's Take On Me. Take On Me. But two reasons I didn't. One, I have a few other cover songs to come on my list, and I didn't want to make it cover song heavy. And two, if you want a fun sing-along 90s ska punk tune, it doesn't get any better than beer. God, no, especially that opening lines. <laughs> I love that it's song. Fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> Mr. I mean, I'm seriously. I'm so happy you picked baseball. <laughs> the movie I'm was so funny. Happy. That movie was great, especially when Dead Slow is choking on the hot dog and they keep on punching <laughs> his stomach. You see the hot dog come out of his mouth a few times. Oh, God. It was <laughs> just, it was so terrible. But it was Trey Parker and Matt Stone. It had a little bit of everything. It was sophomoric, it was immature, but I laughed my butt off during it. And oh God, there's can you really get scene. more 90s than the Scott Punk scene? Really? No. But that movie was classic, though. It really is. It's good beers. Please tell me it's a trifecta. Please, please, please. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not, unfortunately. But, oh, my God. That that brings back memories right there, man. (laughs) All right. Well, that that would be like my Caddyshack 2 level of of comedy. Oh, no, no, no. This is above Caddyshack 2. And I love Caddyshack 2. You know that. Yeah. But that beats Caddyshack 2 now a little bit in the 90s, bro. Such yeah, a great where, where, where Trey Parker's giving the guy the finger, but he cuts his finger. Finger off. All right. Well, All we're right. up to track five now. Mine was The Wonders, That Thing You Do, and Gomez, yours was Seals, Kiss from a Rose. Chris, yep. what's your track five? So I warned you before that my next couple are a little bit more downers, but I find them to be fantastic movies. Uh, fantastic movies. Well, they are fantastic movies, but they're also fantastic songs from the movies. Um, my track five is from the 1991 movie Rush. I don't know if a lot of people remember this uh, crime oh, drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the entire soundtrack was written by Eric Clapton, and the song I picked was Tears in Heaven. He wrote <sighs> the song, uh, as we all know, it's heavy, it's It's rough. His son fell out of a window. It was, I think, was it the fifty third floor or something? Yeah. The kid was four years old. The song is an emotional gun punch, and I know that. I know it's an emotional gut punch, but it stands as one of the most personal songs I've ever heard from a songwriter and a performer. And when you know the background and you listen to the lyrics, if it doesn't move you to tears, you're not human. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, you're not human. A great song can do that. The, the lyrics, I don't have to say them all. You know them. Uh, would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Would we be the same? If I saw you in heaven, I mean, when you think about what happened, my God, it breaks your heart just thinking about what this man was going through when writing this song. You guys know me by now. All my my playlists tend to include a couple of like weightier, heavier songs at one spot, and this one, in my opinion, deserves a spot on my list. I, I have it. In the You're middle. getting me misty on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will be lightening the mood a little bit after this, but I I love this song, and if you've never seen a great movie with Jason Patrick, Jennifer Jason Lee. Great. 
please watch 1991's Rush and listen to this entire soundtrack and uh, the the apex to me. It's the last song on the list. Is is, is the final? I think there's ten songs. It's the tenth one. Powerful song. Very powerful. Song. Uh, Chris, great song. You made me tear a little bit just because you said the first lyrics. Will you know my name if you saw me in heaven? Because you know I lost my dad. Yeah, I mean it's twenty some odd years ago, but you know it makes you wonder if I day I go, will he remember? Will he right. remember my name or will he recognize me at all? Right. So for me, it's a little misty for me. So I apologize. Uh, great tune. It did not make my list, but great song overall, man. I can't say anything. I, I mean, the version he did on Unplugged, I, oh, I, that, that moves me to tears oh, every time oh, I see that performance. Good. So good. I, mean, I don't even have to mention anything on that one. Oh yeah, it's just it's stunningly beautiful song. And it is. I did pick one song that was a little slower and a little more mellow, but I didn't go that deep as in like deep and powerful as that one, because that song, I have to be in a certain place to listen to it or else it. It, it'll tear me to shreds. I get it. Yeah. I like being torn to shreds in my playlists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I and I mean that as a compliment. Like it just speaks to my soul when I hear it. Yeah. And if I'm not in a good place and I hear that song, it'll just send me like crashing down. And right. But it's such a beautiful song too. So I I got nothing bad to say about it. Well, we're at that special point of the program where if this was a vinyl record or cassette, we'd be flipping it over. But it's not. So we're going to keep rolling <laughs> along here. Chris, why don't you lead things off with your track six? Yes. Still a little serious, but getting happier, of course. Okay. And uh, okay. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't care what any of you think. And I went with a Disney cartoon for my number six. Oh, All right? damn it. <laughs> so Hans Zimmer doing the score. Elton John doing the music. Tim Rice doing the lyrics. Oh. Hard to pick a song from this. 1994 is The Lion King. I went with Circle of Life. So that is my track six. There's a lot to pick on this yes. one. And I'm, I'm hearing from Gomez that he definitely picked one. I did pick one from that my favorite Disney movie. Dude, hands <laughs> down, my favorite Disney cartoon. I don't care when any – they have not topped this yet. And there's been some great Disney movies after this. There's been some great live-action Disney movies. They have yet to top The Lion King. When you have the greatest – I don't care what anyone says – the greatest composer of all time in Hans Zimmer, you have Elton John and Tim Rice writing the songs – how can you go wrong? How can you go wrong? Everything, even the kitty songs on this soundtrack are perfect. Everything fits. I, I don't even know what to say. The version of Circle of Life performed by Carmen Twilley and Lebo M, to me, is what is my favorite. Instead of Elton John's version, I actually like this one better. It's tribal. Uh, the beat, the chord progressions are beautiful. The vocals are hypnotic. They start quiet and build to this triumphant huge crescendo with the circle of life drumming all over the place the chanting that energy behind it the theme of the whole movie is the circle of life we're all a part of it you can't deny your place in the world you can't deny your place in the people that you love disney's never been able to repeat the magic of this they have not no, and as not. a guy in my 40s i'm perfectly fine admitting this remains one of my favorite when we signed up for disney plus it was the first freaking thing i watched was the Lion King. I think I did the same thing. <laughs> that was the first thing. But I will say, though, let's be happy that Rafiki did never drop Zim uh, Simba on that ledge that they were hanging. <laughs> Which is wondered. a great meme, by the way. It's a great meme. He just tosses Simba. <laughs> That's fantastic. That would have been Sorry. the old yeller for our generation. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Well, I will say, I do have a Lion King on mine. That was my track seven. 
I did go with an Elton John song. Can you feel the love tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I was flip-flopping between those two songs. And what can you say about Sir Elton John? He's a phenomenal singer. He did this song so well that even I had teared in the movie watching that part when Simba and Nala were about to hit it off again, you know? <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> They were bringing back the old flames from they were kids. Uh, Gomez's sexual awakening. <laughs> uh, no, no, it was before, way, way before that. Ooh, but Nala, how you doing? <laughs> Yo, how what you doing? How you doing, baby? <laughs> no, they didn't go with the Guido uh, '90s stamp. Let's not go there. Which Triviani. But it's a great song. Probably one of the most powerful songs he had out there at that point. It, mm-hmm. Jesus, you're talking about. Four point nine million records sold. It's amazing. I mean, amazing. Alone is in the U.S. was seven million copies, and you know you could not go wrong with any of the songs from this movie, though. You know, Circle of Life. Can you feel the love tonight? Akuma Matata. There's another one. <laughs> just I, I just can't wait to be king. Was another one. I mean, Jeremy anyway. Irons singing. Be prepared. Yeah, Seriously. be prepared. Seriously, great song again. <laughs> It's amazing. This movie and this soundtrack, it was probably one of my favorites. And if I still had that soundtrack, I'd be proud to put it in a CD player right now. Damn right. Damn right. Never never saw the movie. Dude. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. I was going to quit. I I was going to (laughs) say. No, but I will say, I mean, look, I I have two kids. Of course, I've seen the movie. But uh, when Katie and I were dating, we went to go see it in IMAX. And it was up at the Palisade Center where it was the full-size IMAX screen. Oh, yeah. And seeing the cartoon take up that much, like the scenes in the desert, mm-hmm. uh, it was just so beautiful. And the, and the music surrounding you just engulfs you. I honestly didn't even think to go a cartoon route in my list. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. So I, can, I am trifecta killing here, but n- with no purpose other than I didn't even think to go cartoons. I get it. This is what happens when you get two movie buffs yeah. versus a music buff. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I will just say one last time because everyone needs to. Hans Zimmer, look up his scores. When we're done, look up the movies that he's done scores to. It oh. is an incredible resume. Incredible. The Batman movies, the new ones, uh, the Pirates Dark of the Knight, Caribbean. Pirates oh of the Caribbean. Armageddon, I think he did some yep. there. It just, he has a long, long list. Incredible. We're digressing, but yeah, phenomenal. Just that's how much millions and millions of dollars he's getting. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're up to you for track six. So track six, I definitely went a little different with this one. Uh, I'm going to go back 1990. And the first movie was really good. Of course, it was around 87, 88 when this movie was made. This was actually made in 1990 and released. It's Young Guns 2. And I got to go with our Jersey boy, Bon Jovi, Blaze Mm. of Glory. Mm, nice pick. Okay. Like uh, it. There was a little story about this song. Uh, supposedly, Emilio Estevez approached uh, John Bon Jovi at the time when he was touring and he got the anthem off the Dead or Alive for the first movie. But he wanted it again for the second movie and he wanted more. So I thought Blaze of Glory was just a great song for this. I, I, I truly enjoy it when I hear it. I truly love it. And it's just a great song. And you know what? When you're going out with a bang, you're going to go out the right way. So this song pretty much says it all in Blaze of Glory. So Bon Jovi, Blaze of Glory, 1990, Young Guns 2, track six, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely love the pick. Yes. In my brain, I thought Young Guns 2 was 89. 
I don't know why. So Okay, I'm going to bring that up right now. So 89. <laughs> I had a hard time because I thought Young Guns it was 88 or 89, the first one. And I had a song in my head. I have to get this out now because we're in that sequence. I was going to bring up a movie with Talking Heads with a song that is very familiar. And it was from a very old movie. And I'm going to mention the movie. You guys are going to make fun of me for this one. And I got to get the, uh, the name of the song. Wait, wait. You're going to laugh at me, though. It was Talking Heads, Road to Nowhere. And it was the ending of this 1989 movie with Howie Mandel. Walk Like a Man. No. Oh. That's 85, you putz. I love that movie. Bobo. Howie, yeah, no. Bobo Shep. No, no. Howie Mandel, Fred and Ben Savage. <laughs> little Monsters. Little Monsters. <laughs> it's little Monsters, oh. bro. It's Little Monsters. <laughs> Which, come on. That is a great flick. And I that was the perfect, greatest ending to a song. I, I was like, damn it, I can't use it because it was in August 25th, 1989. So couldn't use it, but I had to go with Blaze of Glory. So that was my whole flip-flopping of the soundtrack today when I realized it. Well, I love the pick. Did not make Thank my you. list. Thought it was an 80s movie. Oops. <laughs> Chris? <laughs> Didn't make my list either, but Young Guns 1 and 2, they're underrated flicks, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Underrated flicks. People don't talk about those movies. Don't say anything, though, because Hollywood might try to make, like, Young Guns 3 now. <laughs> I think yeah. they Actually, no, yeah. no, no. Supposedly they are. Oh, God, I hope Stop. not. Just leave it With the way almost it was. the original cast, too. Uh, my film exiles also- guys are going to be pissed. <laughs> Well, it was a rumor, but imagine bringing back Billy the Kid, Emilio Estevez, after we just saw uh, him in uh, the Mighty Ducks remake. Mm-hmm. Which I actually don't mind. I actually find that entertaining. But I really I enjoyed, enjoyed it. The Mighty I enjoyed it, too. Yeah. I can't wait for season two. Yeah, I liked it. But let's go. Let's continue right. on. Sorry, guys. So okay. my track six was Coyote Shiver Sugar High from Empire Records. Mm-hmm. So moving on to track seven, Chris, You Were Till I Hear It From You by Jim Blossoms. Yes, sir. Gomez, You Were Elton John's Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Mm-hmm. And I am going to 1996 with another cover song, but one that was done so well that it fit this suspense movie really well. And the movie wasn't fantastic. It was okay, but the song was absolutely brilliant. The movie was Fear, mm. Oh, mm. and the song Mark I went Wahlberg. with was The Sundays covering the Rolling Stones' Wild Horses. Good pick. Yes. Good pick. Strong pick. Thank you. This track was originally recorded by The Sundays as a B-side to one of their singles called Goodbye, and then it appeared on the U.S release of their album blind back in 92. So this is one of those instances where it is just a song from one of their albums, but I didn't know the song until I saw it in the movie. And it made me go buy a copy of the Sunday's blind because of this song. So to me, the song is synonymous with the movie, even though it wasn't recorded for the movie, but it's such a beautiful cover. Her voice is just so soft and smooth and it, it does the melody so well it's it's one of those songs that i always have on my mellow playlist if i just want to unwind it's a perfect song to do that and it's it's definitely the slowest song on my playlist but it's just a gorgeous track much agreed i i, I did not it didn't make my list but you get mad respect for that pick fear is it's just it's just really a trashy movie in a lot of ways but it works 
it works and probably works because of the cast and it works because it's kind of like fatal attraction for teams, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Uh, so it's just entertaining, you know, and that's pretty much it. it, it so it's a great pick, good movie. Dude, Go. I, I'm just sorry it didn't make mine. It, it didn't even enter my head, but I, it's very good. Gomez? Uh, no, it did not make my list. I'm sorry, but a great song. All right. Chris, we have now three open spots left. No, none of our last three tracks have been <laughs> taken, so I'm going to be curious to hear what direction we all go. So track eight, what do you got? So I definitely, you know, starting with track seven, wanted to get a little happier. Um, moving on, so track eight is definitely a little happier after uh, two songs in the middle there that were kind of downer. So Gomez is going to punch me in the face, I think, because I think I've heard him sigh when I've mentioned this movie <laughs> in the past. Uh, and I went with 1996, the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Um <sighs> The Cardigans Love Fool. Oh, God. Yep. Seriously? Yes, it is serious. This Eat. is the one that I would despise <laughs> worse than eating. Oh, yeah, I said it. Eat me. <laughs> Listen, I will pound you into a spaghetti, and I will. Ooh. Ooh. It's gay. No, no you- violence. No <laughs> violence, man. No violence. I oh. like, when he gets violent, I get all... Ha- anyway, sorry. <laughs> Rails often. <laughs> now listen, is, uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say this is how, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, we are truly old friends from high school again. Yes. And Chris has known me for as long, as close as Brian has. So these are two guys that know me very well and know what I am very capable of and what I'm capable of not doing. Yes. Don't <laughs> don't try these conversations at home, kids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And I'm surprised oh, how clean we're keeping it. Anyway, yeah. especially <laughs> me. Just for this. Why don't you say something nice about it now that Gomez is <laughs> all over it? <laughs> now that he just took a hot dump on it. Uh, <laughs> look, to Gomez's point a little bit here, this is a weird flick. Yes, right? it is. You're either accepting Shakespearean language being spouted out by modern actors in the 1990s or you're not. I mean, that's and pretty they much think, it. And they think they're hip hop artists too. Right? I mean, it's a, they're all gangster, right? Every single one. So the movie either works or it doesn't. It's highly subjective for me. It worked. I got a huge soft spot for the flick. I thought it was artsy. I loved what they did. The movie and the song itself brings back memories of a girlfriend I had at the time, parties I went to, summer spent by the pool. They all come flooding back to me when I hear this song. And I don't care what anybody thinks. That soundtrack is great. Garbage. Everclear. Radiohead. Fantastic soundtrack. I'm cheating a little bit because the movie, actually, the movie, the song was actually written for an album, but it didn't even get popular until this movie. It's this movie that made this chimey, catchy tune as popular as it is. And it's actually much more difficult to play than people think it is. It's got all these layers to it. It combines dance, funk, electronic, pop, all into it. Takes me back to 15-year-old me every single time I hear it. In my playlist, don't care what you said. I love Loveful. It's a great song. And once again, Newfound Glory covered it back in 2007 on Part. It did not make my list, but I actually, I, I don't hate the song like Gomez does. It's on my 90s pop playlist. It's a great song. It's just not at the level of the pop tune that I picked for my track eight. But gotcha. let's, but uh, Gomez, obviously it didn't make yours. We're, we're not <laughs> no, even going to. Because you know, it's just one of those songs. You, you know what? And I'm going to say it. I'm going to blame the radio stations at that time. Yes. Oh, God. I'm not mentioning radio station names because I, I, I feel like if I can get one of them on the show, I cannot talk negative about them. But they overplayed this song at that time. They killed and it. You, yeah. Oh, and by, you got sick of it. So for me, I, I just I can't stand it. When I hear it, I just want to go home. <laughs> All right. 
Well, stick around because now you got to give us your track eight. So, all right, track eight, 1992. I hate it. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. I'm going to go with Alice in Chains, Wood. Oh, now I have to love it. Oh, and, <laughs> I have no it choice. It's the single soundtrack and the movie. And it's about the early 90s, about relationships and dating. In Seattle, no less. Um, you know, at that time where grunge was getting into the mix at that time. And I'll tell you, this song fits that movie correctly. I felt like it was just the start before the the grunge took over and the rock was still there. So it's nostalgic in a way, but early 90s, you know, rock was kind of somewhat dying out a little bit and grunge became that thing. But Alice in Chains, unbelievable. Got to see him with Brian at one point mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania at the, well, it's no longer the Sands Casino. It was at the time, though. Uh, it yeah. was at the time. Wind it was two nights before me leaving for vacation. I leave work early, go see Alice Chains. I didn't get home till two o'clock in the morning and go back to work. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was exhausted those two worth days. It. It, they were it so was good. Well worth it. They were unbelievable. And you know what? Strong song. This is my number eight Wood Alice in Chains 1992 singles movie. The song originally peaked at number 31 on Billboard's mainstream rock tracks. In 96, the MTV Unplugged version reached number 19. And finally, in 2019, after it was featured in the trailer for season two of The Punisher on Netflix, the song peaked again at number 15 on the Hot Rock Songs charts. That's my track 10. I'm closing my playlist out with it. Wow. Written by Jerry Cantrell as a tribute to Andrew Wood, who was the lead vocalist of Mother Love Bone, who had passed away in 1990 it's a powerful song we all know the story about lane it closes the album dirt where it made an appearance on after the single soundtrack it's just a perfect closing tune dirt is a masterpiece alice in chains is probably my favorite 90s grunge band there was no way i wasn't closing my playlist without this tune it's just a powerful powerful song and i've never seen the movie it's a great movie. Uh, I, out on that one. I really, I don't watch a lot of movies if you haven't figured it out, <laughs> but I love the soundtrack. It, it was just one of those great Cameron Crowe movies. He came out with a couple of them. This was one of them. And yeah. Yeah. he actually had a couple of good actors in this movie. If I remember correctly, I think Bridget Fonda was in this movie, uh-huh. Matt Dillon, Tom Skerritt, Eric Schultz, but also Tim Director, uh, Tim Director, the director was Tim Burton for this movie. Really? <laughs> yes. All right. I, I, you know what? I just bought a copy of the She's the One soundtrack, obviously, because Tom Petty. I bought a copy of the DVD. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on Twitter basically said to me, oh, be careful, dude. Don't you really don't want to sit through that. But it's got Jennifer Aniston in it. I know my wife will enjoy it. So <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to keep an eye out for the singles DVD next. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. say if you get a chance, I thought it was a good movie. All right. Chris, do we have a trifecta with this one? We don't, but it was a struggle. Um, I I went with a different grunge band, as you'll see in a second. But um, Alice, it's a a hard, it just missed top 10. Alice in Chains means a lot to me uh, as a musician. They mean a lot to me. The song means a lot to me. I've seen them a lot. And I saw them live with the new singer as well um, at PNC Arts Center. I, I don't know what else to say. You guys there's really not much I can add to it, but as a musician, the respect I had for Staley and Cantrell, my God. I mean, what more can we say? 
about Alice in Chains. Good movie too. We're talking soundtracks tonight. So good movie too. I, I mean, right. that band is incredible. Well, my track eight, where you did Love Fool by the Cardigans, Chris, <laughs> this is kind of at the same level of poppiness. So okay. I think Gomez is probably going to cringe here. Oh, boy. But my God, is this song catchy? It reached number 27 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it was the band's only top 40 hit, thus ensuring their one-hit wonder status. <laughs> and the track also appeared on their album, A Different Story. While most people know the song from Dumb and Dumber, 1994's <laughs> Dead Eye Dick, New Age Girl. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? I can't cringe because I love it. Love it. That, that song is just fun. It is a stupid elementary riff <laughs> that grabs your attention. The chorus you're singing at the top of your lungs every time you hear it. It's just a happy, fun song. And coming out of Wild Horses from Fear, which was kind of this dark and kind of brutal, I needed something that was like saccharin, yeah, the opposite it. of it. Yeah, and this kind of has that, that thing you do vibe. It just puts you in a really happy, fun place. And seriously, could that song come out in any other decade other than the 90s? <laughs> no. Probably not. Couldn't. Probably it not. It is a quintessential 90s song. And honestly, it's just one of those songs when I think of 90s, it's one of the first songs that pops into my head because it's just so friggin' 90s. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. It didn't make my list, but as soon as you said it, I cracked up. <laughs> it's cracked up. And so come did on, I. I just, Dumb and Dumber, I, come on. And it's I actually mean, a movie you know I've seen. So You know you love it. Every, yeah. any, I don't Swanson, care. Anybody listening. Swanson, no, Samsonite. That's her name. <laughs> That's a lovely accent you have, New Jersey. Austria. <laughs> anyway. Who got the foot long? <laughs> I took care of it. <laughs> all right oh, track God. nine chris what do we uh, got so track i'm nine. waiting i didn't even ask Gomez. i'm just assuming gomez you didn't you know <laughs> it did not mine, but it was, i'm cracking up just because it's dumb and dumber okay well then, uh, well then as i was saying chris track nine add another one to the queue and then i gotta go back to <laughs> so track nine i am going to 1994 uh from the crow stone temple pilots big empty that's my oh, track nine. Yeah. Oh my god, I cringe not putting anything off that soundtrack. You could really pick anything from this soundtrack. And I went with, you know, STP is 90s grunge. They wrote the song for the soundtrack, then it came out on, uh, was it the Purple album? I want to say yes, it came out on Purple. Yes, yeah. A serious fantasy movie with dark themes before it was like cool and edgy to have serious fantasy movies with dark themes and everything. This is just a fantastic STP song. The late great, let's, let's have a shot for Scott Whalen and his amazing vocals. It's got their signature guitar sound, that catchy oh, driving rhythm. And it's so, God, guys, it starts slow, acoustic, then blasts into this heavy driving chorus, pumps you up. When we think grunge era, right? We think Nirvana, Pearl Jam. We just talked about Alice in Chains, but Stone Temple Pilots has to be in every one of those conversations. I don't care. This movie is perfect 90s. It's artsy, grungy, a little bit off. You can't really put your finger on why it's a little off. And it's tragic, too, with the real life, de real life death of Brandon Lee uh, being a part of it and him passing away. I personally could not make a 90s soundtrack uh, playlist without including a grunge band and a song. I can't think of a better band to include than Stone Temple Pilots for me. Top 10 grunge band, top 10 band all time. 
for me. I love to play the song on acoustic guitar. Big empty Stone Temple Pilots. Give it to me all day. It's a fantastic song. Almost jazzy, I want to say. Almost. Yes. Almost jazzy during the slower parts. It's a beautiful song. Powerful. Uh, I remember the MTV Unplugged with it. Another um, great performance. Yes. Just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, the soundtrack to The Crow is just fantastic. Unfortunately, I went, uh, believe it or not, I did see The Crow too. I did see that. So, <laughs> Such a great movie. Love it's that really movie. movie. Not Underrated the sequels. Film. Not the sequels, though. Nope. No, no, um, no, no. But it did not make, I only have one song left, and it's not that one. Uh, but this was definitely, there was three songs on my honorable mention, so I'll just say them now. It was Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots. Yep. ACDC's Big Gun from The Last Action Hero. <laughs> and Tom Petty's Climb That Hill from she's the one but okay. because we've talked about tom petty and acdc before i kind of went a different direction and went more soundtracky with mine mm -hmm. but i absolutely love the pick gomez i love the picks matter of fact any pick out of the crow soundtrack is a great pick especially if i was going to pick a song out of it it would have been the cure burn mm. Mm. that yeah. song yeah like starts off that soundtrack so awesome but that's my honorable mentions so is nine inch nails so is raised against the machine stone temple pilots that the whole album would have been just all my honorable mentions just because it was probably the one of the true albums in the 90s i listened from beginning to end that's how great it was i still have my cd and uh so obviously I. I got it i have it on digital now it's it's a great soundtrack. Love it. And I and I have it on the and I have it on DVD still. <laughs> and I probably cool. have it on VHS somewhere somewhere around here. Taking it back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gomez. So with that being said, we're up to you for your track nine. Track nine. Let me tell you, this was difficult, and I went with a true groundbreaking sequel movie in the 1990s. 1991. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. One of the best 90s movies ever. One of the and best. And I went with Actually. Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine, 91. Mm. How can I not put this on my soundtrack? Like The Crow, but this was in there because I remember the movie when you heard the song, when the guys were on their bike and they're blasting the song and they're stealing money from an ATM with a little, looks like a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> and this little chip credit card at an ATM. How how devious can you be? But I heard they had trouble getting this song on the for this movie. So from what I'm hearing is that James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Maria Shriver at that time invited the band Guns N' Roses to their house for dinner to get the song into the soundtrack. And the band would agree. So wow. it looks like at dinner, it took dinner and probably a lot of Jack Daniels to get this deal done. But I was surprised. This song fits it perfectly. You know, I know we're going to be doing uh, Guns N' Roses soon, but this, I couldn't wait. This is one of my favorite songs from them. Probably would not make my soundtrack list next time. But I will say it's, it would fit for the mold of where I was going for where my soundtrack. Number nine, you could be mine, Guns N' Roses, to the probably one of the best sequels in the 90s, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I've seen that video so many times on MTV. I actually, every time I hear the song come up on my playlists in my car, I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, hasta la vista, baby, during the guitar solo, because I've seen the video <laughs> yes. so many damn times. 
Unfortunately, it did not make my list for soundtracks, but that's all I'll say about that because we have a Guns N' Roses episode coming up next week. Yeah, we do. So I'm going to hold my Guns N' Roses talk for then. But Chris, did it make yours? Same. It did not make it, but uh, I will never argue with Guns N' Roses being on any of your, any playlist. And of course, I want to listen to your Guns N' Roses episode and... Man, Terminator 2, I hate James Cameron. He's the biggest egotistical whatever, but he makes the best movies. He does. The best movies. He does. Terminator 2 is fantastic. So, it's a well, win, Gomez. I, I, I mean, for that one, that was, I think, the groundbreaking in the 90s to up everyone's ante on making a movie at, in 1991. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the theater the night it came out, I remember. It was ridiculous. I never forget it because I was in California before it got released to the public and I got into that movie because my, my uncle at that time worked for a big wig company and he brought us to the movies to see that and I was just like, I can't wait to see it when I get back to Jersey. So, shout out to my uncle at that time in Cali. Thank you for inviting me to the premiere. Awesome, awesome. So, we're up to my track nine which will close out my playlist. Wow. I'm, I'm going back to 1992 for this one. 92? 92. Movie I saw in the theater, and it's a cover song. Oh, he one saw more. the movie. No, I'm one more time. I've seen this one. Yeah. One of the, one of the oh, few. Hold on, one hold on, few. hold on. Yes, it's from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I'd actually right. love it if it was. <laughs> no, no, but it's that would from. Be awesome. It, 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 well, put it this way: I'm going to say the movie, and you're all going to assume it's a certain song. So, 1992's Wayne's World. No, I'm not thinking that. I, I already know what you're thinking. You're all and thinking we, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, but no, it's not. I, I wasn't going there. Because I am going with Tia Carrera's cover of Sweet's Ballroom Blitz. Because it's yes. awesome. That's it why. <laughs> kick ass. I knew the original song going into the movie. And when I heard her sing it, I'm like, she friggin' rocks. And guess what? Like two of the other examples in my playlist, as soon as we were done seeing the movie at the Paramus Theater, we spun around the corner of the Bergen Mall, and I bought the friggin' soundtrack. I love the Wayne's World soundtrack. You cannot have a 90s soundtrack playlist without throwing Wayne's World some love. The song was also covered in the 80s before Wayne's World by Crocus, in the 70s by The Damned, which featured Lemmy from Motorhead on bass, and a more recent cover that's actually really cool. Uh, Leah at She Will Rock You would be very upset if I did not mention that in 2016, the Struts recorded it for the soundtrack of The Edge of 17. Yeah. But Ooh. yeah, Ballroom Blitz, Tia Carrera, baby. I'll tell you, Brian, you saw the movie. And Chris, I know you definitely saw this movie. <laughs> I gotta say, it. I love the movie, but there was some poor execution acting in this movie. <laughs> Especially with Tia Carrera. What? Playing bass. Dude, it was a, a Saturday was, Night Live movie. Who I know, cares? But, yeah, who cares? Yeah, but for a musician, someone's going to care. Her playing a bass is just with the four fingers on top <laughs> of the string. And she's, <laughs> she's not even hitting the other ones. I'm sorry, but... I know, there's a driving bass riff during the whole time, but she's not moving. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not she, moving. <laughs> she's not moving at all. So you got to... I'm sorry. I love the pick, though. It's but a that great was song. her singing. No, I know yes, it was that's her all singing. that matters yes. to me. Yeah. She can sing, but she cannot play a bass guitar. <laughs> Woman's right, got balls. Well, now you've ruined our chance of getting her or uh, Mike Myers on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I-
cold. Okay. I don't think Mike Myers will be joining us anyway. <laughs> well, not after what you just had to say. Of course not. Well, I didn't say anything about him. I love the movie. I said it was a great pick. I just thought it was just bad acting at that part. Ah. So did it make your playlist? <laughs> no. Wow. No Wayne's World? I did Wayne's World last week. Wow. Chris? Same here. You know, I had Aerosmith. Wow. We talked to uh, Alice in Chains. Wayne's World as a soundtrack is sitting on my honorable mentions, but it didn't make my final playlist. No, but that song has balls. Oh, yeah. It does. Serious so, balls. So this could be either very good for me or very bad because this is a 90s playlist. So, I, I again, I'm 0 for 2 in this circle right now. So <laughs> that might have been a, a three-pointer for me. We'll, we'll find well, out. We do, we, we do have oh. a hashtag. Team Brian supposedly now going around. So we do have a hashtag on Twitter, Team Brian. So for all the Brian Colburn fans, please join in Team Brian. That's fine. Vote for him. Well, they, they actually, we do have a Team Gomez going already on Twitter. Yeah. Team Gomez. <laughs> and apparently you're trying to make Fluffy Gomez a thing too. So hashtag hey. Fluffy Gomez. Yep. Yep. We're going to do that now. Okay. <laughs> well, my track 10 was the amazing Allison Chains Wood. Mm. Chris, what do you have for yours closing out your 90s soundtrack? All right, I'm closing out my playlist on a straight-up cheat because this is another song that was not written for the movie that it's in, but I think it's perfect. So 1995 from Clueless, I went with No Doubt, I'm Just a Girl. So I'm ending my playlist on one of the, to me, now this is for me, one of the most fun and catchy songs of the 1990s from what is probably one of the iconic 90s bands. It's perfect for this movie. I mean, as if, right? I mean, this was, it's definitely No Doubt's breakout hit. It made them a force to be reckoned with throughout the entire 90s and early 2000s. She made this great commentary on the misogyny of the music industry. It is like the girl anthem, but it doesn't just shoot down men. That's not what it does. It says like, I'm a female. I'm awesome. It's time to hear what I have to say. Recognize my voice. Recognize my power. Her vocals have sarcasm. I think the band kicks major butt throughout the entire song with a great solo, great rhythm. So for me, I like to play, I always like to end my playlists on these high, catchy, fun songs. Clueless is this really stupid, fun movie. And I rewatched it as recently if. with my wife. I mean, as if. As if. <laughs> I totally paused. And my wife and I laughed like idiots when we rewatched it. It's so 90s. I mean, oh my God, it's so very 90s. And Just a Girl is very 90s. So to me, the message that this song was trying to say back then is just as powerful today as it was back in the 1990s. And considering how much it makes me stomp my feet, I am ending my list on no doubts. I'm just a girl. And I love Gwen Stefani. Love her. I love love the pick. I love the movie. Uh, Alicia Silverstone was my... uh like high school crush between the Aerosmith videos and clueless. Yep. Who? So I, I love the pick. Obviously my playlist is closed out. Uh, so I got nothing bad to say about the song cover versions. If you get pink's latest live album, yeah. she actually mashes up just a girl with Funhouse on the album. Oh, that was actually so really good. friggin' good. It's great. Sings the hell out of it. I really, gotta hear really that one. Cover. Cause uh, Pink does have a good voice. I will say that. She so does. Funny. So those two, I would definitely, I would love to hear that then. I and and that Newfound out. Glory released a vert. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Gomez, take us home. Track 10. 
So track 10. I'm going to go with 1996 with a very well-known band and a very well-known movie. And I will take you through the scene while there is five vehicles going through a cornfield, if anybody knows the movie. I know where you're going. So you could say the name of the movie. You want me to say it? Go ahead, say it. Twister. Correct. Twister. Twister. (laughs) Love the movie. And this song starts off as a orchestra almost. Mm. We're hearing it. it. (laughs) And it goes right into the guitar riff of Van Halen's. And you hear it. And it's Van Halen, Humans Being. I went with to end my soundtrack, number 10. First of all, every time I hear that song, I just want to drive fast. That's for 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 instance, love it. Uh, it's just a great song. Um, there's a lot of details to this song. Uh, it was written for the song Twister, but it also was written for another, uh, along with the instrumental by Eddie and Alex. Respect the wind. It was in the uh, band's best volume compilation number one. Um, this was not released until God knows when, but the movie got the rights to it. Um, I actually was Alex and Eddie who were talking to uh, the director at that point, John Dubois. Um, he was a director for a movie Twister, and he was telling him, well, we want to do this song, and Hagar asked him to send him some clips of the movie, and then boom, song becomes one of their best ones from a soundtrack. I love the fact that it's hard, rock, classic song. Just love it. You know, hearing it in the movies, Hearing it in my car, actually, I was listening to this on the way home. It's just great. And and I know there's everyone, when they hear Van Halen, it's a difference between Sam, Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth. And I tell you, both of those guys did justice for that band at the times they were on the band together. And uh, all respect to all these guys. Awesome band. Greatest song. But I was ending it a little bit harder with this song. So Humans Being, Twister Soundtrack. 1996 is my number 10, track 10. Love the pick, own the soundtrack, never seen the movie. (laughs) (laughs) You really need to get out more. I really never watched movies in college. I was too busy listening to music. It's really bad. It's really bad. (laughs) But if you get a chance, if you've seen the movie, it's a great movie. Again, all-star cast. You got, um, oh God. The Tornadoes. (laughs) The Dude, Tornadoes is definitely the, Bill Paxton, uh, Bill Helen Paxton, Hunt, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, come on. It, it, Gene Gertz. You know, I'm going to disagree. It's actually a garbage movie, but it's one of my favorite garbage movies. It's <laughs> The movie's utter trash. It is a terrible movie, but I, I will watch great. it anytime it's on. Anytime on. it's on. Give it to me. Anytime. You get a guy named The Extreme because he goes out <laughs> naked and throws a bottle of Jack Daniels say you want to drink. Got to give the guy credit for doing that. <laughs> it's it's filled Don't with every spoil movie the ending for me. Can, Come on, man. That's not the ending. Dude. That's, that's okay. okay. Yeah, it's just that's a not story the ending. They tell him the movie. It's just a. Story. It's just a funny story, though. They they always say it, but it's also based on truth, though, because in Oklahoma, all this area where tornadoes do happen, there are tornado chasers, and from what I'm hearing, the movie cost them almost seventy million dollars to make. Because it took a lot of shots, supposedly. But it did gross a lot of money. It did very well. Probably one of the more popular ones in 96. And it's starting to become a classic now these days. And I'll tell you, to the guys who do this crazy stuff, storm chasing, love you guys. Keep up the good work. Just make sure they don't hit New Jersey. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's definitely an enjoyable. It, it, it's like I said, I don't I don't consider it a good movie, but I don't care. There's a lot of movies in my collection that are far from good. Um, but I just like them because I sometimes like trash. So there you go. But no, this movie is it it's entertaining from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the few Van Hagar songs that I I really like. I do own that soundtrack as well. And when I was really actually starting to learn how to play guitar instead of just kind of strum along and play a couple of chords, and I learned how to play that riff. That's a great driving riff. Yeah, it is awesome riff. Yeah. And again, they're and they're racing in during in the cornfields. Oh, jazz is going, Rabbit, where's the where's the road, man? They're <laughs> screaming at the guy. It's like Rabbit is good, Rabbit is wise. No, you're not, because we can't find the road. They're yelling at him. Great. It's just I know there's a lot of quotable scenes in that movie. Oh god. And that song plays what five times in the movie, and it, it sets the stage every time. Yeah, it, it jazzes you up. You want to drive fast when you hear it. Yeah, you do. Fast and the I, I, yeah. yeah, big time. It, yeah, Fast and the Furious should have had this song in it too. <laughs> Well, we have three, once again, three very different playlists. And just like the 80s soundtracks, only one trifecta from the movie, though, not from the actual song. Man, these are all over the place. So, Chris, why don't really? you take us through yours, tracks one through ten? It's crazy. I mean, this, this was great. It was awesome revisiting these movies and listening to the stories and everything. So, one through ten. Number one, U2's Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me from 1995's Batman Forever. Number two, from The Wonders, Do That Thing You Do, 1996. Number three, Letters to Cleo, doing a cover of Cruel to Be Kind from 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You. Number four, Lisa Loeb, Stay, I Miss You from 1994's Reality Bites. Number five, Eric Clapton, the poor guy, uh, Tears in Heaven from 1991's Rush. Number six, Disney's The Lion King, Hans Zimmer, Elton John, and Tim Rice, uh, Circle of Life, 1994. Number seven, Jim Blossom's Till I Hear It From You, 1995's Empire Records. Closing it out, and the last three, number eight, The Cardigans, Love Fool, 1996's Crazy Romeo and Juliet. Uh, number nine, Stone Temple Pilots, The Awesome Big Empty from 1994's The Crow. And I'm closing it out with No Doubts, I'm Just a Girl, 1995, Clueless. Just an awesome track list there, Chris, too. Thank I got to say that. Yeah, Thank you. Great stuff, man. It is. Um, oh, I guess it's my turn, right? Yeah. Why not? Okay. So track one through ten. Track one. 1991, Nothing But Trouble, Digital Underground, same song. Track two, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, 1991, Kiss, God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Track three, Empire Records, 1995, ACDC, If You Want Blood, You Got It. Track four, Armageddon, 1998, Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Track five, Batman Forever, 1995 again. Kiss from a Rose from Seal. We're going to go track six, 1990, Young Guns 2, John Bon Jovi, Jersey Born, now Philly guy, Blaze of Glory. Got to say that. Track seven from the 1994 The Lion King movie, Sir Elton John, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Track eight from the 1992 singles movie, Alice in Chains, Wood. Track nine, we're going to go with the greatest sequel in 1991, James Cameron's Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Guns N' Roses, You Can Be Mine, track 9. And finally, track 10, the 1996 Twister movie with Van Halen, Humans Being. All right, my track list starts with 1995's Angus. I went with Green Day's J.A.R., Jason Andrew Relva. Track 2 from 1996's The Craft, Letters to Cleo, their cover of The Car's Dangerous Type. 
track three from 1993's Judgment Night, Onyx and Biohazard with the title track, Judgment Night. Four for, track four from 1998's Basketball, Real Big Fish's Beer. <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh. I yeah. love that. Just <laughs> love it. Love it. Now, do Let's you love that as up. actually loving it, or do you love that as you just picked another U2 Christmas song, loved it? No, no, no. Oh, I actually love the pick no, and the love. movie. Yeah, it's it's. No, no, that's actually a great movie, and I love the song because I'm a big Real Big Fish fan too. Like you. Oh, I can't wait to do a Real Big Fish episode of Playlist Wars. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit for that one. No, Tra- we'll, we'll talk later. All right, track five from 1996 is that thing you do. The wonders with the title track, that thing you do. Track six from 1995's Empire Records, Coyote Shivers with Sugar High. Track seven from 1996's Fear, the Sunday's cover of the Rolling Stones' Wild Horses. Track eight from 1994's Dumb and Dumber, Dead Eye Dick's New Age Girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, it's just the name of the- I know, that's what makes me laugh. That's what- <laughs> sure it is. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. I don't mean to laugh, but yes. Openly name. laughing at my picks. With no, you. No, 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 Team no, Brian, no. come through for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Track nine from 1992's Wayne's World, Tia Carrera, Ballroom Blitz, the cover of the Sweet Classic. And closing it out from 1992's singles, Alice in Chains, Wood. Three very distinct playlists, one trifecta from the movie Empire Records, and only one question remains. How the hell did we get through over an hour and a half of 90s soundtracks and none of us brought up Partners in Crime, Turtle <laughs> Power from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> T-U-R-T-L-E Power. Heroes in a Half Shell. Oh I actually God. watched that with the girls uh, recently. And HBO Max, baby. But I it, own the movie, though. It, it, yeah, I do, too. It, it didn't hold up like my childhood remembered it. It was fun, but it didn't hold up like my childhood. It holds up it. every time I watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I got a question for you, Chris, mostly you, but you, but Brian, you might remember. Do you remember the guy's name who sang the song uh, Sugar High? The, the character's name in the movie, Empire Records. Not the character's name. I know the the singer. Right. The, but the guy who was singing the song in the movie, do you remember the guy's name? Not not his his character name, not his real name. No, I I, I don't. Chris, I can't. No, I can't. Burko. Oh, that's right. You're right. That's You're right. right. How can, can I just that I just I watched know. the movie? Ugh. I just watched it like three months ago with my wife again. Now I gotta watch. I'm it still again. like stone from anesthesia, guys. I'm still. <laughs> I'm still kind of <laughs> Listen, I. <laughs> There's a lot of movies I could have brought up, you know, in for the 90s soundtrack. But like you said, this was difficult because these songs were like a greatest hit album at the time in the 90s. So, you know, it wasn't like when we did our 80s soundtrack, it was easy. It went with the flow of the movie. But all these were great tracks. Brian has a great track. with Chris has another great track. And I feel like I have a good track, too. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be, this one's going to be tough. To th- I actually think I have a... A shot against you guys in this one. I, I feel I feel pretty strongly about my playlist, but <laughs> both of yours were fantastic as well. Like I, I and and obviously I, I gotta start watching movies. Apparently, you know, dude, <laughs> dude. Wait till we wait till we introduce the two thousand movies. Jeez. Well, look, Chris, I can't wait to bring you back for Christmas <laughs> songs because I'm gonna extract my YouTube revenge on that episode this December. But why don't you let people know where they can find you in the film exiles? In the meantime, 
Absolutely. And anybody who's out there, they've been asking us a couple of questions. The film exiles had to take a much needed break. We had some of our guys get COVID. Um, Some of the guys that we have are overseas. uh, So they got very sick. Um, We had a couple personal issues, some health issues, but we're getting back into it. And um, we have a couple of reviews coming out. The new Resident Evil uh, game, Resident Evil Village. Loki, uh, Star Wars, The Bad Batch. Uh, There's so many things. There's movies that we've seen like Black Widow. Uh, We're going to be reviewing all those. So we're definitely going to be getting back into it very soon. So keep an eye out. We promise we're really sorry that we've missed everybody. We've just really needed to get back to a good place. And I think we're finally are there because we're all getting healthy again. You can find the Film Exiles at the Film Exiles on Twitter and also on the Vero social media app at the same place at the Film Exiles. Me? I'm at chart6363. Hit me up and hopefully don't insult me for my choices on my, <laughs> my playlist, please. <laughs> Chris, I know you guys already reviewed Resident Evil 5, but let me tell you, for the PS5, was on freaking real. Resident Evil Village. 8, you mean? Resident oh, Evil Village. Whatever, yeah. Whatever the Village. incredible. I mean, like, that's spoiler alert for my review, right? But it is so good. It was so, so good. But so freaking scary. Very. It wasn't quite as scary as seven. I don't know. But it but was good. There was some po- there were some points where I wasn't expecting something. Boom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, we um, won't ruin any of that. But no, no. But yeah. I, I hope to get on you guys one night on, on the show, talk a good movie. Uh, I actually look forward to that and see what we could do for with uh, Fenix House and myself going. We will. You guys. We'll definitely bring you on because uh, yeah. I do want to bring you guys on. And it's just as I said, we just um we all we, live in a strange we, time, and it was well, we, we needed sure the break. Yeah. Let's make sure we pick a movie that Brian does. I was going to say, you guys have five movies to choose from. Once you- <laughs> <laughs> the Muppets, the Muppets. No, the Muppets but I, all, all kidding aside, I've been actually throwing it out to the universe. I would love to. Uh, and this is obviously not a movie that I don't know if you'd cover this, but I am dying to go on an episode to talk about that thing. You do the movie. So if we, that we is- go back in time and do movies. Yeah. yeah we oh, go my back God. Time, I would movies. love yeah. to talk about that movie. Sometime. Absolutely. I yeah, love we do. that movie so much. We do. We we pick old stuff all the time. We just did a rom. We did our top ten rom coms. We did that, so you can check that out on Spotify and everything. You can obviously get to that through the Twitter account, but it's on Spotify. It's on all the, all the apps. Um, we did top ten rom coms. We did sports movies like Varsity Blues and had those in. So yeah, we always go back and go after old movies because why not? Why not? Exactly. It's a treasure trove, man. Chris, thank you again for coming on. It's always a pleasure, and looking forward to. Uh, Start getting your Christmas jingles ready, my friend. <laughs> it's on this December. It's I will. supposed to be a time for, for love and happiness, but we're taking the gloves off on that one. It'll be you a time two, for all 10 tracks, baby. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know what? I can't say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to end it now. All right. Well, guys, Chris, I, I can't thank you again for jumping on with us for the third time. Thank you for having me. Our first, having uh, I think you're the first one, actually, to come back three times. I, I, yeah, I'm everyone else gets that. sick of us after once. <laughs> I, I would figure your listeners would get sick of me after once, so I'm very no, honored listen, that you actually me back. Thank our you. listeners seem to love you too. So we we had a uh, when we did our '80s soundtrack, you got a lot of love, and so did you two. Um, where Brian's U2 career just ended. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, thank you guys, and thank you to your listeners too. You guys are all awesome out there. Seriously, and thanks, Brian, my partner of crime as usual. I can't thank you enough for as We've been doing this now. I don't even know how many episodes, but it's been a heck of a ride. I love it. I can't wait till next week's episode. But on that note, thank you to all the playlisters, and we'll see you next time with the new battle takes place on Playlist Wars next week. Good night, everybody. You can find Playlist Wars on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars. 
on Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast, on email at playlistwars at gmail.com, or via voicemail at 201 644 6498. That's 201 644 6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening. Music. Everyone loves it. But who listens to the lyrics? We do. She doesn't live in a shantytown. She lives in capital S shantytown. <laughs> yeah. You put patches from old shantytown on a resume, <laughs> you're not getting that job. You know what I mean? On the Story Song Podcast, we break down the lyrics you've heard a thousand times. Go so, to Barnes & Noble, 20 bucks, farming for dummies. Right. <laughs> Chapter one, don't farm at night. Chapter two, don't farm in the winter. Yeah. The index is just like blizzard. See also, don't. We also look at the history of the song. So the monster matches on the R&B <laughs> Clearly, it should be on the monster chart. Oh, it was, on, it was number one on the monster chart. Oh, okay. oh, the Story Song Podcast. Find it wherever you download podcasts.